Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Hey everyone, welcome to New Beginnings Midweek Bible Study Online. Um, I'm so blessed to be able to come and bring you the Word of God tonight. I am very um, sensitive to the time that we're in right now. Many people are experiencing anxiety and experiencing just unsettledness because it seems like there's so much out of our control. And uh, that's okay to feel that way because God has created us in a very real sense to be people that are in control. And I'm talking about the church, being the church. I'm not talking about that we should become control freaks or uh, people that just insist on having their way. That's not what I'm talking about. But many of us experience that unsettledness when we feel like everything's spinning out of control because God's created us as an entity on the earth, the church I'm talking about now, I'm speaking about believers. He created mankind in his original purpose and original intention that we were supposed to be his representatives here on the earth. He made us this way. So you and I have this thing on the inside of us that's ingrained. Like when we see things wrong, when we see injustice, when we see things out of order, when we see things uh, that are just not lining up, there's something on the inside of us that just gets unsettled. We, we need to be able to put things in order so that it is a reflection of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God is very much about order, very much about um, um, discipline. Uh, it's very, um, very much structured by God <clears throat> so that man on the earth has a sense of settledness, a sense of stability, a sense of safety. So when we see things around us personally in our own families or in our workplace or in a larger scale in our city, in our state, in our nation, when we see things getting out of control, it causes us to feel unsafe, unsteady. It causes an unsettledness. So what I want to talk to you about tonight is God's original plan for mankind. We find that in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 26. Then God said, let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them, male and female, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God made man in his own image, and in the image of God he created him. Male and female he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. We hear that a lot. <clears throat> we hear about God's plan, God's original intent, that man be the, that man would take ownership. When I say man, I'm talking about mankind, I'm talking about men and women. That together, children of God would represent God on the earth, and in so, we would be the regulators, the administrators of everything that's on this planet, understanding that God has placed on this planet resources for mankind. Remember, in the garden, God placed everything in the garden that man 
was going to need to thrive. The earth is just a larger form of uh, that garden that God created. So we should have a natural expectation that everything that you and I are going to need to thrive in this life are here on the earth. And we are to be responsible administrators, responsible stewards, managers. God gave man dominion. That word is a very strong word. And you may, be, you may be saying right now, well, we're hearing a lot about this. Yes, we are, because mankind, the church, has lost, and it's that God is regaining, is regaining that sense of authority, sense of dominion, sense of lordship. Not that we're to be lords over other people, but God is holding us responsible for the condition of this planet. And I don't mean that in a super uh, outrageous that we're not supposed to eat this or we're not supposed to have that or we should not be using building materials. I'm not talking about that. God knew how many people were going to be on this earth. God knew what kind of resources we're going to need. If we're going to truly believe that God supplies all of our needs, then we should not be living our lives being concerned. We're not going to have enough of this, not going to have enough of that, not going to have another thing. Jesus already proved when we need something, he creates it. But he did create us to have this dominion, this lordship on the earth. God set the earth up for man to be. When I talk about man, I'm talking about redeemed man. I'm talking about the church. I'm talking about the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ. God set the earth up. In the original, his original intention was that man was to be the little kings under his kingship that we were to be the little lords under his lordship. That's why he carries the title of king of kings and lord of lords. He is the king over us. God's plan was for us to be stewards, managers, distributors, administrators over the work of his hands. Now, I stress this because of the fact that when, when believers, when the people of God do not take their place as managers, as distributors, as administrators, things do not get done on the earth. It starts to spin out of control. Listen to Psalm 8. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you are mindful of him? This is a conversation the angels are having with God. And the son of man that you visit him. Verse 5, you have made him a little lower than the angels. That, that's a bad translation. In the original language, it reads this way. For you have made him, mankind, a little lower than Elohim. That is God's title. Okay? So take that into consideration as we continue reading here. God's intention is that the hierarchy in the universe would be the Trinity, man, then angels. Then everything else that's in nature that man is going to be a steward over. You have made him a little lower than Elohim, and you have crowned him with glory and honor. You have made him, it's again, talking about mankind, you have made him to have dominion over the works of your hands, and you have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, even the beasts of the field, the birds of the air, the fish of the sea that pass through the paths of the sea. That's a direct connection back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Now listen, Adam forfeited his position, as, his position as ruler over the earth. Jesus had to come and pay for Adam's treason in order to reinstate man to the position of lordship on the earth. Again, I'm stressing this thing about authority because 
the lost in this world, the people that do not have a connection with God Almighty, they, their only hope of experiencing any kind of stability, any kind of calm, any kind of peace is going to be when the church steps up and begins to act in the authority that God's given us. For the sake of the lost, for the sake of the desperate, for the sake of those that are, that are so unstable in their lives right now, please begin, starting tonight, to walk in the authority that Jesus died on the cross in order to purchase for us. Sal listen to the statement. Salvation is all about rescue, ransom, restoration, and rulership. Jesus came to rescue us from sin by ransoming us with his blood in order for us to be restored in right relationship with God, which qualifies us to have rulership over the earth and over our enemy. I'm going to say that again. Jesus rescued us from sin. He ransomed us by his blood, paid for us with his blood in order for us to be restored back in that right relationship with God Almighty, which that relationship qualifies us to have rulership over the earth and the enemy. You, if you are a born-again believer, if you are a child of God, if you have received the Lord Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior and his spirit lives in you, you are now qualified to have rulership over your sphere of influence, within your family, within your, your area of, of responsibility on your job, um, in your area of responsibility in the church, your area of responsibility as a, as a citizen of your town, whatever township you live in. The, the, that township is going to either experience peace, prosperity, and, 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 and calm, or it's going to be thrown into turmoil. And you and I have the responsibility to pray for the leaders, not just the leaders of our, on a national level, but even the local leaders, because that's where your first area of experience, peace and calm is going to come from. Now, although Jesus did this all for us, we have a definite part to play. God created that, that garden for Adam. God didn't have, uh, Adam didn't have any part to play in that creation, but Adam was held responsibility to maintain it to uphold it, to nurture it, to cause it to increase. We have a ministry here on the earth. We have responsibilities. We have a mission. We have a mandate to accomplish. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, I'll read, you, read it to you from the Amplified Version. For we are his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art. One translation says, a custom-crafted work of art. Created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. And when I say good life, I'm not talking about the life of leisure, just laying back and just letting everything happen. I'm talking about the good life of walking in authority, understanding that God has got your back. He has literally delegated you into a place of responsibility, into a place of authority, so that you can be the one that sets the tone for the rest of your family, for the rest of your household. A pastor, my household has been in a turmoil for months and months and months. Speak peace. You have the authority to do that. Take authority over the enemy. Take authority over those things that are controlling people, that are causing them to, to produce chaos and turmoil. Go around your house and speak the peace of God over it. Go around your house and speak the word of God over it. You've been authorized to do that. And the more we grasp this reality, the more we can live in contentment. 
Why? Because this is our purpose. Whenever you walk in purpose, you will walk in contentment. And listen, Jesus spent three years of his ministry in order to equip us for our ministry. The equipment involves us living out Adam's divine purpose on the earth. Genesis 2, verse 15, then the Lord took the man and put him in the garden, the garden of Eden, to tend it and to keep it. Adam was authorized by his creator to watch over the garden, to protect, to defend, to nurture, to cause to increase, to cause to increase. You and I have been authorized by our creator, by our father, by our savior. To protect, to defend, to nurture our marriage, our families, our workplace, our business, if you're self-employed, our church, the ministry, our friends and family, our local town that we live in. We're like God's minutemen. We're to be ready at an instant, ready anytime there's a chaos or anytime there's, a, there's an attack from the enemy to rise up and to take authority over those things so that we can live peaceable lives, Paul said, as he wrote to Timothy. God is all about increase. If you don't understand this, you will not understand God. He's about increase. He's never, he never detracts. He never subtracts. He never minimizes. He always plants the seeds in our hearts that will cause us to increase. Again, Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth. Those words right there tell us about his heart is for increase. Why is it that sometimes we're content to live the lower life, to live the minimal life? Say, well, I don't really need much in my life, Pastor. I don't really want much. I don't really desire much. I'm not really concerned about accomplishing uh, some, some grand plan or scheme. That's selfish. Because you see, you've been created for increase. You've been created to prosper. When I say prosper, stop thinking small and stop thinking just money. There are plenty of people who have money that don't prosper. Their lives don't mean anything. Their money doesn't affect anyone's lives. They don't lift a burden off of anyone. They don't make life better for anybody. That is not increase and that is not prosperity. Third John, verse two, the Holy Spirit speaking through the apostle John. Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your soul prospers. Our soul prospers when we're involved in God's plan. Our soul prospers when you know that you know that you know that you're doing what God called you to do. In Matthew chapter 25, Jesus taught the disciples from the parable of the talents. Each person involved in that story was given a particular amount of money. The first individual was given by his Lord 10 talents. The second one was given five talents. The third one was only given two talents, each according to his ability. So, so this, this Lord in the story that Jesus tells is a good steward. He's a responsible person. He knew the first person would be able to handle 10 talents. He knew that the second person would be able to handle five talents. But he also had enough wisdom to understand that the third person could only be entrusted with two talents each was given to them according to their ability. Each was expected to increase the amount given them. 
Notice that the Lord in the story doesn't tell the individuals what to do. He just expects increase. He doesn't give each one some detailed plan. He gives them the freedom to be creative, to trust the wisdom in order to, in order to produce increase. We are constantly supposed to be producing. We see from that, ta- from that story, the talents, the parable of talents. When the Lord returned, he expected increase. He expected them to invest. He expected them to use some type of creativity. He expected them to use wisdom, maybe life experience. Well, the first one produced 10 more in addition to the 10 was given. The second one produced five more. The last one made a disastrous decision, was not wise. The last one returned the same amount that was given to him, and he was punished severely for not producing increase. We are to be constantly growing spiritually. Why? Because God is a God of increase. We are to constantly be increasing on our influence among the lost. Why? Because God is a God of increase. We are to be increasing in resources so we can bless more people, feed more people, clothe more people, house more people. Why? Because God is a God of increase. You might be saying, well, what do I need? What equipment should I be looking for? What should I be believing God for in order for me to turn my life around in such a way that I can produce and I can increase in every area of my life. What you need is an understanding of authority. When a person operates in authority, it always produces increase. Whether it's increase in resources or whether it's increase of knowledge, increase of expertise, increase of productivity, whatever it is, when when the person in charge operates in authority, it produces increase. In the parable of talents, the Lord gave the three men authority to go and make more of what they had with what they had. They were expected to use what God placed in their hands, symbolically speaking, that story that that Jesus told, he refers to as the Lord, but we know he's talking about the principles of the kingdom. God puts something in your hand, and he expects you to use what you have in your hand to produce to produce. Our life here on earth is all about being authorized to rule and reign over creation as representatives of the kingdom of God. Jesus regained that authority for us. He regained it. Adam had it. Adam didn't didn't use it and therefore lost it. So listen to what Jesus said to the disciples in Matthew 16, verse 19. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew 28, 18. And Jesus came and spoke to them. This is after the resurrection. Saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them. Authority always involves teaching. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. We do not realize the full significance of the one who holds the keys. We are stewards. We are managers. We are administrators. And one who has that type of responsibility must also have the keys in order to operate and function in that position correctly. We stand in the position of what has been called throughout history the position of the chamberlain. 
okay? Much like, think about this now, much like Eleazar was to Abraham. Abraham entrusted all of his fortune, all of his household to a man named Eleazar, a God-appointed, divinely ordained individual that had a track record with Abraham. Abraham knew, I can trust everything I have to this man, even to the point of Eleazar was the one who was sent by Abraham to go find a wife for his son, Isaac. That's the position of a chamberlain, a steward, a min, a, an administrator, a manager. Joseph, in the Old Testament, stepped into that same position under Pharaoh. Pharaoh entrusted Joseph because he saw the hand of God on Joseph. And therefore, Pharaoh let Joseph do whatever he wanted to do in, within that kingdom, knowing that he was going to produce increase. Daniel had that type of position of the chamberlain, a person in charge to the kings of Babylon and Persia under three different administrations. The definition of chamberlain, according to Wikipedia, a chamberlain is, is a medieval Latin term, comes from a medieval Latin term, cambalanus or cambriasis, with charge of, of the treasury, the camereris, is a senior royal official in charge of managing a royal household. Historically, the chamberlain superintends the arrangements of domestic affairs and was often also charged with receiving and paying out money kept in the royal chamber. The position was usually honored, by a, a, upon, was honored upon a high-ranking member of the, of the nobility, a nobleman or a clergy or often a royal favorite. Listen to this. Here's the, the best definition of the Chamberlain and the best definition of who we are in Christ, in the kingdom of God. The man with the keys runs the kingdom. Increase comes to the kingdom when the people of God conduct themselves as the people with the keys. As believers, we have a position to fill and ministry to fulfill. We have the keys to do it. According to Jesus, the keys were to bind and to loose, to bind that which is contrary to the kingdom of God and to loose that which is a result of the kingdom of God. And part of our mission is to exert, to assert, to take authority, to have dominion, rulership over those areas that could bring harm to humanity. When something comes from, from the realm of the spirit, when something comes, when something is incited here on earth that's going to cause harm to humanity, it is the church's responsibility to step up and use the keys of the kingdom and take authority over that force and say, no, we will not permit you to bring violence. We will not permit you this lawlessness. We will not permit you to bring harm, to bring loss. It is the church's responsibility. It is also our responsibility to act in authority. When sin comes to try to, take, to bring harm to either ourselves, to our family members, to our community. And Romans chapter 6 speaks specifically to our responsibility in our own lives. We have authority. We are to resist steadfast, intentionally, Anything that would, kind of, would try to come to bring harm to ourselves, harm in our relationships, harm to our loved ones. But it all starts with what we're allowing to come and influence our lives. You and I have authority over sin. Romans chapter 6, verse 12 says this, Therefore do not let sin reign. 
Do not let sin rule. Do not let sin be the authority in your life. Do, therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts, its strong desires. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead and your members as instruments of the righteousness of God. For sin shall not have dominion over you. There's that word again, dominion. Okay? Adam did not use his dominion. Therefore, Adam came under the dominion of sin. Whatever you and I do not use our authority against will eventually have dominion over us. That then affects us. That affects our ability to rule and reign. It affects our ability to be the administrators that we're supposed to be in the kingdom of God. You and I are to resist sin because sin affects our authority. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are not under law, but under grace. And by the grace of God, we use that authority. It's because of the grace of God, we have that authority. So I have authority to enforce the truth of the word. Since Jesus died to set us free and pay for all our sins, sin no longer has the authority to rule over me. It doesn't need to boss me around. I am the boss now. I resist sin. It has to obey. Sin cannot force us to do anything unless we abdicate our authority. Now, abdicate is maybe a word that we don't use every day, but abdicate means to step down from, to give up the right to rule and to reign. You and I have not been authorized by our Father in heaven to just walk away from the battle, to abdicate, to give up our right by delegated authority to speak the name of Jesus and take authority over the forces of darkness that would try to come and interfere in our lives, that would try to come and, and rob our marriages, that would try to come and, and divide our families, that would try to come and affect our health, affect our finances, affect our, so that we cannot be a blessing to anyone else in our lives. You and I have been authorized. You and I have the keys of the kingdom. The identifying mark of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who has the keys. He, has the, he, he took the keys away from the enemy. He has the keys over death and the grave. He was victorious, and then he handed that authority over to us. The victory that he won, he handed to us. It is our responsibility, church, Let's not fail him. Let's live up. Let's not be like that third individual in the parable of talents that did nothing with what his Lord gave him to bring increase. Let's keep pressing into God. Let's keep walking in the light of his word. Let's keep pursuing an intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit so that you and I will walk in that authority and that we can take people under our wing, the lost, the desperate, the sick, the hurting, the oppressed, and we can say, come here, come here, come, come with me, come on. I'll cover you. I'll cover you with my prayers. I'll cover you with my faith. I'll embrace you with my love. I'll, I'll make you feel safe. Now let me teach you how to take hold of that authority so that never again should a person be under the dominion of the enemy but enforce the dominion of the kingdom of God. I pray that what I've been able to share here has impacted your heart. I pray that you'll not just hear this and let it tickle your ears, but that you will take it and do something with it. That you will trust God and believe God to show you what steps do you need to take? 
where, what areas in your life or in the lives of those around you should you be taking authority in the spirit, praying for them, binding the enemy, releasing the power of the word of God, releasing the presence of God into the lives of others. I pray that you take this teaching and that you apply it. You walk it out, not just take notes or just take notes, but that you'll use it in a very practical way. And remember, God is a God of increase. God is a God of authority. He has, giving, he has given us through the Lord Jesus Christ and his death, burial, and resurrection, he has given you and I the permission, the authority, the responsibility, and the equipment to be a force on this earth representing the kingdom of God that we would be able to say on earth as it is in heaven. God bless you. I pray this has blessed you. I pray that you'd please consider sharing this with everyone that's in your, everyone in your life, everyone on your Facebook, uh, in your Facebook friends list, share it, please. Everybody needs to hear this. Every individual, every Christian, every, every person needs to hear this because the enemy is running rampant in people's lives and it's our responsibility to help them. I pray that you will do that. I also want to say thank you to those that have been supporting this ministry. Those of you that are partners, those of you that you bring your tithes here, you bring your offerings here, we are so grateful you are allowing us to continue and to continue this, this ministry and to continue growing this ministry and continue in increasing our influence, not just in Brick, New Jersey, not just in Ocean County, not just in New Jersey, but all across this country. And, and God only knows whoever else in the world that has watched these videos and been influenced. You have helped us do that. You have helped us impact this community by feeding those that are, that are struggling right now financially. You are the one who's helping us to influence the lives of our young people, our children, our teenagers. You are helping us do this. And I just want to say thank you and God bless you. And I pray that God continues to prosper you and God continues to bless you and God continues to shed light on your path that you'd never walk in darkness. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.